Hi, I'm Samantha Boffin, and this is Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing, the podcast that helps you find, prep, and direct the perfect voice artists for your projects so you can get the most from every single booking. Hello, and welcome to Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. I'm Samantha Boffin, and I'm a voiceover and director. And this podcast is all about helping you to get the most out of every voice booking. This week, it was World Book Day in the UK, and International Read and Ebook Week all this week. I mean, who knew that? But I thought that I would focus on why the idea of storytelling is so important right now and how you can get more of a natural, easygoing storytelling feel from your voice artist. Now, reading out loud is one of the most ancient of human traditions, and everybody loves a good story because they pull people in and people connect with the stories everybody tells. And this is easy to understand when it's a piece of fiction, like an audiobook or a game or even a drama. But sometimes forgotten in that whole storytelling idea are corporate videos or e-learning, the drier scripts. Now, we all know the advantages of telling a brand story or, I don't know, creating learning modules that are interesting and actually mean something to the learner. We all know about the concept of telling, not yelling, and the advantages of the soft sell. Because why? Well, I guess on the whole, people respond better to being connected with as opposed to being talked at. But how do you actually achieve that with the more corporate or commercial work that you want your voiceover to do? I have actually lost count of the number of scripts that say conversational at the top. And I'm often asked to sprinkle a bit of storytelling, real magic over the top of the script. And then I look at the script and it's actually very formal and it's full of business speak and it feels stiff and unnatural. And often we're asked to deliver it as if we're talking to our best mate or somebody down the pub and it's full of stuff you definitely wouldn't say in that situation and it's not written in any kind of conversational way. So it's a very attractive idea, clearly, the idea of being conversational and telling stories and it definitely works. So how do you get your voiceover, how do you direct your voice artist to actually achieve that? And the clue is, it doesn't just happen in the session. (laughs) So I'm going to look at five different ideas, different ways of eking out that storytelling idea that you can put into practice. And the first one starts, unsurprisingly, with casting. Then we're going to be looking at what's happening in the script. We're looking at how you can brief your voice artist so that they understand what you want and they can deliver it. And then there's the recording session itself, whether you're actually going to be present at that recording session or not, and then what to do in post-production. Because that actually is really important. And all these things, all these things work together to create your end product. So let's look at casting. 
Now, I've said before in previous episodes that one of the most important things you can do for yourself is work out exactly who your target audience is. Who are you really talking to? But be really specific. If you can narrow it down, that will make your job so much easier. It's really not helpful. If (laughs) you're sort of thinking, well, I'm trying to reach all adults because all adults is far too broad. You're never going to be able to find that perfect voice that speaks exactly to them. So are they young music fans? Are they university librarians? Are they elderly patients? If you can narrow down your target audience, that will be fantastically helpful. The more you can get under the skin of who they are and why you are trying to reach them, then you will be able to find the right person to deliver the message. When I was working at CBBC, we wanted that channel to be totally aimed at our particular target audience, which were six to 11 year olds. Now that is the time of your life where you are suddenly able to be in control of the remote. So you're able to flick channels and choose what you want to watch. And we experimented with lots and lots of different kinds of voices. And for a time, we decided we were only going to use same age voices on the promotions, kids of about eight or nine or 10. And what it did was it created a really strong parent-free zone. And just using kids meant that we, the team that were making the promotions, we had to immerse ourselves in their world to write the scripts and understand what their hopes and dreams were. So we did an awful lot of watching the same programmes that they were watching, looking at uh, magazines, reading books, looking at how they interacted on social media. And I spent a lot of time actually out and about just listening to how kids interacted with each other and the sort of things that they were interested in. I had three of a similar age at home at the time, and that was massively useful. So I was really able to get under the skin of the people that we were trying to reach. So the stuff to consider when you're casting your voice are, is their vocal age right? Is their gender right? Is their accent, but more importantly, actually, is their attitude right? Have they got the right degree of playfulness or the right degree of energy or the right degree of gravitas for what you need? If they already have a read on their demo that you like, and perhaps that might have been the read that you thought, yeah, actually, this is why we want this person. This is the one. Let them know. Let them know if it is, because then they will understand what it is you've booked them for. And remember that corporate or something serious or slightly dry doesn't always necessarily need a traditional corporate voice. It doesn't need a formal tone necessarily. I mean, you know this, you do know this, but it is always worth reminding yourself. So we come on to the script. Now, storytelling often means a more conversational style because that can help you connect. Good writing that feels real. Writing in a more conversational tone, people will feel like they're being addressed personally on their own level. Formal writing can create a barrier for a listener. So it it creates a barrier between your audience, your listener, and the idea that you're trying to get across. Formality and jargon is fine 
if that's your audience. But I see scripts too often fall back on that and you don't need to do it all the time. Reading it out loud is hugely helpful. And when you're reading it out loud, read it out loud with purpose in mind. So look for stuff like long sentences that are difficult to understand. And they are often the ones that are difficult to read. Complex words where simple words would work just as well. Is there room in your script for pauses, letting an idea land? Or in order to get everything in to the timeline that you need to get it into or to match the pictures, are you having to really rush to keep up? Is it a bit like machine gun fire? Are you really squeezing stuff in? Because if you are, then it will be quite difficult for people to listen to it and and take out of it what they need to take out. The ideas won't be able to land in the way that you want them to. And it doesn't matter really whether it's 30 seconds or 30 minutes. A wall of copy is really difficult to take in. A couple of years ago, I was booked for an architectural engineering project. Three three-minute videos. Now, when I walked into the recording studio, the scripts had only just been signed off. And I can honestly say, when I looked at them, I had never seen such densely written copy. It was literally wall-to-wall information, all of which needed to tie in with pictures on screen. Of course, they'd all been signed off, these scripts. And I, I still, even now, I still feel slightly sweaty just thinking about it. Not because I couldn't cope with the script in itself, because that's the job. Sight reading on the spot, making the words flow and sound fluent. I wasn't worried about that. But I was actually thinking, who on earth will ever be able to comfortably listen to this and actually take the information in. It's going to be just this wall of this woman's voice talking non-stop. And it made me think of um, of Michael Caine being tortured in a cell in the Ipcrest files. It was the stuff of nightmares. And I still worry about it even now. If you're the writer, then you might have more control over the writing style. But whether you've written it or not... Don't be afraid to interrogate the script. Question stuff. Go back to your client, maybe, and say, do we really need all of this in there? And if we do, could we not make it slightly longer? Or, look, I can see areas where we might be able to take out stuff or or maybe put information on the screen with graphics. Pare it down. And remember to keep your audience in mind at all times. Stuff that might help, as I said with the CBBC idea, listening to how people speak. The ideal is that your voiceover sounds as if they're having a genuine conversation with somebody. So using the same language as your audience is hugely helpful with that. And real speech uses contractions like don't and it's and can't. The minute you start putting in things like cannot and it is, it makes it feel much more formal. And even adding in pronouns like I and we makes people feel much more involved. Short sentences are brilliant for landing ideas because they're neat and they're easy to take in. Long sentences run the risk of losing the thread, you know, trying to keep an idea in your head of where that sentence started and where it ends can actually be quite difficult if it's quite a long, dense sentence. 
Using more informal words rather than complex ones can help your script feel lighter and fresher. And I can't say it enough, read it out loud. (laughs) Reading your work out loud allows you to see if your writing is flowing in the same way that you speak. By reading out loud, you might notice words that you don't normally say or that you're cramming too many ideas in. And the other good thing about reading out loud is note where you yourself are pausing for breath, particularly if your breaths are falling in the middle of a sentence. That is usually a red flag to say that is an excellent point to stop and rewrite and make your sentences shorter and easier to understand and easier to read out loud. Now, as I said before, you might need to convince your client or clients about this, but your job as a voice director will be so much easier if you can, and you will end up with a better end product because of it. So it's a great conversation to have. And if you aren't the script writer, or even if you are the script writer, as I say, don't be afraid to really look again twice more, three times more at your script and question whether you really need all of that information in there. Of course, there are always moments where you're going to have to do more formal scripts. The listener might be looking for guidance or we might need to be doing something financial or legal or maybe it's medical information you're dealing with and you'll want to strike a more professional tone, of course. But do remember that they're ordinary people as well beyond that. So even within the professional approach, try to remember that and try and weave in something that feels a little more conversational and story-led. And so, the voice. Now, often in corporate work, apart from some music and possibly a bit of upsound, we're talking here about a solo voiceover, weaving the story, so that their delivery really needs to be bang on for the project. Before the directed session starts, before they record, try to give them as much information as you've got. All of the stuff that we've talked about. So talk to them about who your audience is, the specifics of the audience that you're trying to reach. Talk to them about what you liked about their audition, if they've auditioned or their bit on their reel that you think is matching the kind of tone that you're looking for. Talk them through your script and why it's been written in the way it has, and really what you want the listener to do after they've actually listened to it. So bring them up to speed with everything. Give them as much information as you've got. So conversational is often the term that we are given as voices. So people say we want a conversational read. And that covers a lot, actually. That covers the fact that obviously one wants it to be relatable and human. It needs to feel natural and real. And there's There's a fine line between under-articulating, which makes it rather dull, and over-articulating, which can make the story sound slightly over the top or overacted, slightly false, and again, putting a barrier up. But achieving that balance between these two extremes is the goal. So what kind of conversation do you want? That's what's key about conversational. (laughs) So being able to articulate whether the conversation that you're talking about is a conversation between two best friends, or whether it's with the man next door, or whether it's a knowledgeable guide is what you're actually looking for, or whether they're talking to a room full of doctors. Is that the conversational type of effect that you're looking for? A great bit of information 
and one that will put them right at the heart of where you want them to be is who are they? What role are they playing within the context of this piece? Because they're always playing a role of some sort. Now, I'll let you into a secret here. I often wear different shoes, or at least I used to. I don't so much do it anymore. In fact, I favour no shoes at all at the moment. But I used to have some really sort of high kick-ass shoes in the booth for when I did kick-ass scripts. And I used to have some little lace-up tennis shoes for kind of perky, punchy little scripts, which is slightly embarrassing, but actually it's a hangover from... Uh, working in the theatre, often when you're rehearsing, one of the first things, or certainly one of the first things I used to do is I used to wear the right shoes for my character. And somehow, kind of from the ground up, it gave me the right, uh, the right personality, the right feel for that character, how they would move, and therefore how they would speak, how they would be. So who they are, and who they are talking to, is a really useful bit of information. And they are always talking to or with, they're never talking at. And of course, what is the story that they're actually telling? Is it of the company? Is it its history? What it stands for now? Is it the future? Is it about the product and what it can do for the listener personally? Or is it to do with what it can do for the whole wide world? If it's a learning module, are you trying to inspire them? Or are you giving them hard facts and information and making something really clear? And what are you, the director or the client, what are you hoping that your audience, your listener, is going to do after they have listened to this piece? What is it that you really want them to do immediately? The more you can think about what you really need and run that movie in your head and let your voice artist know, the better. And if you can let them know before the session, then they can prepare in advance. Not over-prepare, <laughs> but know what the, is going to be expected of them. So during the session, remember that storytelling, the feel of storytelling, often has an ebb and flow, and that's what makes it really listenable. I find, if I'm directing, that it's really helpful if I close my eyes, and that allows me to really concentrate on what the voice is making me feel, how the voice is making me feel. And that makes such a difference if I can close my eyes. It's not brilliant, of course, if they are, if they're actually voicing a picture. That doesn't work so well. But it is worth, once you think you have it in the bag, listening to it back and closing your eyes and making sure that you are being pulled along into that story in the way that you were hoping to be. It could just be me, of course, the uh, <laughs> the closing your eyes bit. But try to let the voice also do a full read through. I've occasionally been asked to do stuff line by line, just take things line by line. And that really defeats the purpose of storytelling for me, I think, because that can really, that kills a conversation, basically, because... You're taking each line may be delivered beautifully, but if they don't make a cohesive whole, then what you've got are a lot of disparate lines, and that doesn't make the person listening feel connected. The other week I did a session, and this was such a simple idea. The director I was working with, I'd never worked with him before, and it was great. And it was something I'd never even thought of doing. Maybe it's a really common thing, but it, I haven't come across it before. So he was really chatty from the get-go. So I, obviously I was in my booth, he was somewhere else, some other country in fact, 
and I didn't know him, never met him before. And we were really chatty, so he put me at ease right from the start. And then when we went to record, he asked me to imagine I was telling him this story for the first time, to tell the story to him. I can't remember who we pretended he was. <laughs> I can't remember now who the who the target audience was, but he pretended to be that audience. And that made such a difference to me psychologically. It was a great trick to get me to tell him the story, how I would like to tell him the story. And if you aren't directing, if you're not doing a remote session or an in-studio session, you're just briefing the voice. Try to give them a ring. Try to phone them up or have a Zoom call. Talk them through what you're hoping they will do in their own undirected session. Because that, again, that can make a real difference. It can really allow the voice artist then to connect to the copy. It doesn't have to take long, but if you just put it in an email, it doesn't have the same compelling content, really. If you, if you can talk to them, that can make such a difference. And so on to the post-production part of it. Now, one thing I will say about post-production is sometimes what one does is you begin to edit Obviously, that's what post-production is all about. It's all about the editing. But if you edit too tightly, you can knock the heart out of that storytelling feel that you've worked so hard to get because there's a pace to stories and it's not always an even pace. Remember to keep the light and shade in there if you can. And there is a fashion in corporate work for taking out all the little breaths. But actually, it's the breaths that make the story feel human and real, and they can add to the flow and the natural pacing. I remember talking to a voice coach once about a particular script we were practising, and I was worried that if I delivered it at the pace I wanted to deliver it at, then the director would feel that it was dragging. And surely the idea was that I needed to keep it quite pacey and driven because it was corporate and it was, you know, important stuff. And of course, she said, it depends on the script and whether there are really specific time restrictions on the delivery. But nine times out of ten, you're trying to weave a story that pulls the listener in. So she told me not to worry about it too much and that... I should go with my instincts, and I have taken that gem into a fair few auditions. I have delivered two time reads, and I've also delivered a read that was really well paced, but too long, so over the 30 seconds or over the 90 seconds that they were actually asking for. And on those occasions that I have actually won that job, I notice that invariably the script has been edited to accommodate the better pacing. So they've taken that on board. And they realise that actually to get the delivery they want, they need to pare down the script. So that's it, really. The idea is that it starts with your casting and getting that right. Then looking at what you're saying in the script and how you're saying it, crucially. Briefing your voiceover artist, getting them up to speed with what you want them to do. And then there's the directing and checking that the delivery is on board with telling a story, not just getting the facts out there. And then, of course, it's what you do with it afterwards in post to retain that feel. A professional voice will always do their best to get you the end product that you want. So talk to them. See if you are both on the same page and that will make your job an awful lot easier. 
There are so many ways that you can make sure that your investment really pays off and gets you exactly what you want. Being able to reach people through stories is such a gift because stories are what connects us all. So that's it for this week. Now next week I've got something quite special. I've got an interview with the amazing Nick Redman voice coach and accent specialist and she is going to be able to give you so much incredible information about how to get the most out of your voiceover artist so don't miss that until then this was talking creative the art of voiceover directing and i am samantha boffin do get in touch if i can help you out with your next storytelling project i'll see you next week thanks so much for tuning in bye That's it for this week on Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. If you're new here, do take a moment to subscribe, rate and review on your favourite podcast app. Or head over to talkingcreative.co.uk where you'll find the whole series so you can get the most from every single booking.